Hey friends, Tom Johnston here with episode 16 of the Way of the Master podcast. And today the title is The Organic Future. You know, back in uh, around 2005, my friend Mike Perkins and I uh, published a book called A New Testament Trilogy, Our God, Ourselves, and Our Community. And in that book, we kind of coined this phrase and we said, we are by God's grace rediscovering the truth of the New Testament scriptures. And of course, uh, what we were talking about was not recovering faith or recovering uh, an understanding of doctrine, but really re recovering and rediscovering what the scripture said about who God was and who we were as his sons and daughters and what the church was, you know, what, what the community of God was as an expression of Trinity. And so what we are talking about with this is that we, we are in, you know, by God's grace, rediscovering the truth of the New Testament scriptures as it relates to what the church is. And so we've been kind of on a journey of discussing that with people and teaching people about what that means, what we see the church as described in the New Testament passages, um, you know, pertaining to who we are as a church in the 21st century. What's really interesting is I like to remind people that we're, you know, we're still in the New Covenant. We're still in the New Testament. We're not in the days of, of the book, but we are in the days of the covenant. And so we continue in, in this understanding of what the church is uh, in the context of, of what the scripture says about it. And uh, a lot of people thought, well, it's the proto, that's the proto church. It's the, it's the church that is immature, and now we're the church that's mature. It's hardly could we be further from the truth. If anything, the church has devolved uh, from the place of where it was in, in the first three centuries. And so we have to ask ourselves some questions about that. And so that's why the uh, bringing forward what we see uh, churches being uh, was really important to us in this book. And, you know, about five years later, around 2010 or so, we published uh, this book called The Organic Reformation, New Hope for Church in the West. And we talked about how, you know, everything in the church in the West had been in decline and that uh, the future was uh, going to require a reformation not a reformation of doctrine like in the 16th century, but a reformation of understanding of ecclesiology, what the church was. So we continued the thought New Testament trilogy and, and expanded it more in organic reformation. And, um, you know, organic, as we talked about in the book, meant life giving life and life on life. And it's, it's not that organic was just house churches or just mega churches, but it was really about the way the church operated as an organic thing, the body of Christ. And it was organic versus mechanistic or kind of a machine model that people have ad had adopted and have adopted really in our culture of seeing it as organization and process and, and simply from a more mechanistic worldview. And really what we brought out in the book is that the church is an organic reality, the body of Christ. And that the church as that organic reality is, is really a family. It's a kingdom community, and it's built on relationships in Christ with a common father, our creator. And that, you know, community, uh, this, this 
series and network of relationships is really a shared life together in Christ. And so, you know, it, we, we started bringing that thought forward and developed a lot of teaching and training, and many people have heard that and taken part of it. And, you know, by the way, if you haven't read these books, you ought to hop on Amazon and grab them, uh, because I think you would find them uh, really, really interesting in relation to what the church is and how we function. You know, and now, now here we are, 2021, uh, still kind of at the, the tail end of a pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. And what's really interesting is that pandemic has revealed a lot about the status of who we are as church. And what, what's, what's been true in, in the midst of pandemic in the United States, 20% of churches have closed and will never reopen. So that's taken us from about 340,000 churches now to like 285,000 churches. We also know that in our current hour, that 85% of those 285,000 churches or so are either plateaued or in decline. So they're, they're not growing, they're not catalyzing, they're not starting new churches. So what that means is that 15% of the church is either growing or multiplying itself through church planting. So the pandemic has revealed a whole lot about kind of the mechanistic business process model of church. And it's, it's kind of been tried and found wanting, right? So uh, Jesus tells this great parable in Matthew 7, starting verse 24, about the house built on the rock versus the house built on the sand. He says, everyone who does the, hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So what Jesus is saying is like, you know, if... If we hear what the word is, if we hear what his teaching is, and we don't really embrace it into a way of life, we don't put it into practice, if it doesn't become part of the organic reality of who we are, part of our everyday living of life, then, man, when the storm comes, everything's going to collapse. And so we have seen so much of that in people's lives, in churches, in denominations, in, in parachurch ministries, because we're all built on a whole bunch of things that were not necessarily organic. Now, the key to the future is to truly embrace an organic view of the church and how it functions. So that's why I think that the future is organic. And, and the key to this is found in Mark chapter 4, where Jesus talks about the kingdom of like, the kingdom is like. So he's telling one of the parables where he's explaining what the kingdom of God is like. And in it, what he shows us is the church is an organic kingdom reality, grows all by itself. So it says this, starting in, in Mark 4, starting in verse 26. And he said to them, 
The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed in the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts in a sickle because the harvest has come. So this, Jesus uses this agrarian picture, of course, in an agrarian society to depict how that the kingdom of God grows and advances in a way that is really beyond our comprehension, that it's an action of the Holy Spirit, and that we don't really know how to make it happen. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, you know, uh, the, the Apostle Paul speaking about the division in Corinth between him, uh, the, the followers uh, that he had and the followers of the new pastor there, Apollos, uh, you know, Paul says, hey, look, you know what? Uh, you know, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. He who, he who uh, plants and he who waters is nothing, but it's God who gives the growth. And so we always, we always like to say this, that, you know, God reserves for us to do the things he will not do, which is plant and water. And he reserves for himself the things that we cannot do, which is give the growth. And so with this, Jesus is talking about this in in this parable that, you know, our jobs like to sow the seed and, and to water it, but we can't make it grow. We can't make it happen. And so in kind of the mechanistic or uh, business model worldview that the Western church has had, we've been trying to make it all happen. And we've trying to figure out what the secret codes are, what the silver bullet is, whatever you want to call it, whatever the one thing is that's going to drive it and make it uh, all happen. And really, that's not it. So Jesus has, I think, three critical points here in this passage about uh, how the kingdom grows. So the first thing is, is that the focus is on the kingdom of God. It's not on people. It's not on their needs. It's not on their salvation. It's not on their wholeness. It's really on the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God alone. And this is why it's so important for us to just understand that all the things that we try to do to meet people's needs, to, to get people into church buildings and get them to attend meetings, you know what? That's not what it's about. It's all about the kingdom of God. In fact, as I always say, there's nothing more important than the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is telling all these parables, you see them in Matthew 13 too, the parables of the kingdom, where he's trying to explain the kingdom to his hearers. So it's, it's all about the kingdom. The focus is on the kingdom. The focus is not on humanity. The focus is not on our need. The focus isn't even on our salvation. It's about the dominion of God, which meets our needs and brings us our salvation. So it's when we enter into allegiance to the King of kings and the Lord of lords that it all happens for us. So the focus is on the kingdom. And in the parable, he's talking about sowing the seeds of the kingdom message. Now, uh, the kingdom message, the gospel, the good news, is euangelion, right? It's the Greek word for it. It means uh, the, the message, the good news of, of dominion, the good news of the kingdom. And so 
as we talk about the kingdom with other people, that seed takes root in their hearts and it grows all by itself. And uh, what's what's really just amazing is that, you know, the word there in, in all by itself is automaton. It means, you know, automatically. So the seed is designed to give life. The seed is organic. It's designed just to grow if it's planted and tended and watered like Paul talked about in Corinth. So, you know, there's there's not a lot to do other than plant seed and water it, and watch it grow. Now, you know, in that, the third thing I think is the partnership that uh, God's talking about here. He talks about a farmer. So there's someone involved in tending the seed and sowing the seed. And we know that farmers would, you know, deal with the weeds and the plants and the bugs and all that kind of stuff that were popping up in there. And so the third point, I think, is that our job is to remove the inhibitions to growth. So if it grows all by itself, we just got to get this stuff out of the way that impedes it. Now, Jesus said in John 5, 19, the son can do nothing on his own accord. He only does what he sees the father uh, doing. Whatever the father does, the son does likewise. So really, it's about just following the Lord through the Holy Spirit in what he's doing on a daily basis that allows the seed to be scattered, planted, tended, and to see it grow. And so our job is to remove the inhibitions. Like, you know, you can't plant a seed and put a rock on and expect it to grow up healthy. So we got to get the rocks out of the way. We got to get the stuff out of the way. And regrettably, much about what we've done with church is we've created a whole bunch of rocks. We've created an incrustation on the seed because we think all this other stuff is necessary for the kingdom to emerge in someone's life, for the uh, the kingdom to, to break forth in someone's heart and mind. And really what it is, is that we just need to help tend the seed. So again, his three critical points is the focus is on the kingdom of God. It's not on people. We need to sow the seed of the kingdom message and, and see it grow. And we need to tend the seed. We need to remove the inhibitions to growth, get rid of the rocks and get rid of all this stuff. And, and this focus is, is very different from what we've been taught because we've been taught the seed isn't enough. We've been taught there's a whole lot more stuff that we have to do. Now, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I often hear people say, well, the church has to be relevant to culture. And, and actually, I think what they're saying, the church has to be relevant to human need, which it is. And the gospel is relevant to human need. The church, as, as it is, isn't relevant to culture because our message is countercultural. Uh, the things we say don't, don't resonate with the culture. The way up is down. The way to lead is to serve. The way to give, the way to, to, to get, so to speak, is to give. The way to get your life is to lose it. Uh, none of that makes sense to the Western mind, the modern man's and woman's mind. We have to function in a different paradigm and understand that people don't necessarily get it, but the seed, the revelation of God, uh, the word of God, can can bring forth that reality in someone's life. Now, the other thing I think that we often do is when we focus on people's needs, we make that seeking that thing more important than seeking God. And to be quite honest uh, with you, you know, sometimes we're, we're broken and we, we seek wholeness 
and we seek wholeness for the sake of wholeness, but really it's when we seek God that we become whole. You know, we're, we're motivated by that wholeness, but, but really if we desire anything above God, we're desiring the wrong thing. And the, the other thing I hear is I, I hear people talking and they're well-intentioned. They say, well, we want to be a gospel-centered church. Well, you know, what does that mean? Uh, I think, you know, if, if you were to say that slightly differently, it might make more sense, but I don't think it's a gospel-centered church. I think it's a kingdom-centered church. I think it's a, a church that is seeking to embrace and partner with God in the inbreaking and advance of his kingdom. And so, so with that, the focus on the kingdom, sowing the seeds of the message of the kingdom, and removing the, the, the inhibitions of that kingdom's growth is what the leadership is. And, and I think it's an organic process. I think it's done in the context of relationship. And it's not the big whole scale programs and everything else that does it. Because quite, quite frankly, uh, if, if that had worked, America would be saved by now. And we couldn't do any of that stuff last year. And for some of us, we still had movement in the mission uh, forward. Other people literally close their doors. So, you know, we, we have to kind of forget about the mechanistic worldview, the business plan of church, and understand that because the church is organic, the future is organic. That if we really want to embrace what God is doing, then we have to embrace the organic way of Jesus, of, of living in the context of Christ-centered relationships with people, living in the kingdom life. So the simplicity of all this, I think, is amazing. You know, we have to focus on the kingdom. We have to sow the seeds of the kingdom. We have to move the rocks and the other stuff out of the way that are inhibitions to the kingdom. And again, I think that all, all this stuff happens in the context of relationship. And when we do that, we watch it grow. So my encouragement for you this week is to embrace the idea that the future is organic and that uh, for us to go there, uh, to thrive in what God has for us, we really have to embrace a different understanding of how the kingdom emerges and how we partner with him in seeing you know, the kingdom expand into the hearts and lives of people. So God bless and have a great week and look for that organic future.